Hey, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Next Level Podcast with Dr. Leslie. I am your host, Dr. Leslie, of course. And we have a very different type of episode for you today. For many of you, you know that I'm very much focused on mental health, brain health, nerves, really those parts of our body that once they're broken, traditionally, we didn't know how to fix it. And they can be very debilitating and limiting. And again, we haven't been able to really figure out how to treat them. However, there have been many amazing advancements in technology that are bringing up near cures, at least opportunities and and some treatments that can make coping with certain conditions much better, much easier, and allow people to reach the next level in their life, whatever that might be. So what would happen if an accident happened to you that derailed your life and may have imposed some permanent or seemingly permanent limitations on yourself that completely changed the trajectory of your life? Seems pretty scary, right? Well, we have an amazing guest today, Jason Mary, who is going to talk about his challenge, everything about his journey, where he's at, how he's overcome it, and the amazing technology that he has come about to basically help him regain some of his life back. And to give a little bit of information about his background without taking away from his story, he had a trauma to the head that created an early onset Parkinson's. And for those of you who don't know Parkinson's disease, it is a degenerative condition of the nervous system, the central nervous system specifically, and it affects the motor nerves. So that causes a tremor. And this is progressive. It does not get better traditionally. It will continue to get worse. So without further ado, Jason, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. It's it's an honor to have you here. Yeah, I know your story is very um, sensitive and I want to give it so much care. And mm. um, again, like I said, I'm very honorable. I met you in my clinic and yeah. you were sharing with me about your device that you just had implanted, which we'll get into here in a little bit, just about a month ago. And it's really changed your life Mm -hmm. And I was just nerding out completely. <laughs> Literally, okay. my eyeballs like popped out of my head yeah. and I like attacked you like, yeah. oh my God, tell me more. This is unbelievable. And um, so here we are today. Again, thank yeah. you so much for being here and sharing your story. So I'm a firm believer in uh, that everything happens for a reason. And um, yeah, so that was my, my primary care doctor and I hadn't been there for like two years. And I just got this done. And um, I was kind of chasing down some loose ends with this after I got the surgery. And um, it, I was getting some testosterone. So, you know, this this does affect your chemistry, your you know, your mental chemistry pretty pretty uh, heavily. The device does? Uh, no, the, the, par the Parkinson's, Parkinson's itself, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, so Parkinson's, uh, just a little bit about it, is uh, uh, it is a neurological disease. Um, it has to do with dopamine and um, broken dopamine uh, nerve cells in the brain. Um, I guess uh, what it is is there's a substantial nigra, which is part of the ganglia basilia, and um, they have uh, cells in there that are melanin. They look like freckles on this little 
it looks like a pelvic bone or something, right? And you have you have 100% of these when you're born, and then after a certain point in life, you start losing some of these. And um, Parkinson's is basically the point where you lose 80% of those uh, dopamine-producing cells. So um, I'm I'm 44 years old. I I was hit in the head um, four years ago, or just a little over four years ago. I was a United States Merchant Marine, and um, it was a 1,350-pound load of cargo that was lowered on top, top of my head, and um, my neck instantly swelled up. I, I knew I was in for a ride, you know, so it was, was kind of scary, and um, I was glad I was wearing a hard hat because, you know, it, the hard hat doesn't protect you from a concussion. It just protects you from getting your, your skull cracked, you know. So, um, yeah, uh, so that was 2018, November 2nd. And um, I was di diagnosed at the time with um, MTBI, mild traumatic brain injury. And um, that kind of led uh, into a, an extended period of, of about six months where um, they, were, they were wondering why, like, hey, why isn't this guy's concussion getting better? And um, then uh, they, they said, hey, you know, you got, you got post-concussive syndrome. And I said, well, you know, what's that? And they said, well, you're going to kind of re-experience concussion for you know this amount of time and, and the prognosis at the time was like she was telling me 18 months you know with migraine headaches and um, I had um, uh, sensitivity to light sensitivity to sound um, I was I had vertigo um, so I had this whole like thing where they had to put me in this chair and flip me around as kind of like a gyro and mm -hmm. fix my vertigo and stuff and uh, the the dizziness and and the balance issues kind of kind of got better, but uh, physical therapy for like six or seven months. And uh, um, at that point, um, I, I wasn't getting any better. And and she said, "Hey, man, you you might be in for a long ride with this." And I said, "18 months, okay. Um, let me think. I was in San Diego at the time at the time." And um, I said, well, I got to weather down for the storm. So I, um, I moved here to Las Vegas. Uh, I'm a pool player, so there's a big pool scene here. And oh, yes. You came to the right place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so, well, I got here, and uh, I opened a workman's comp case because I was a federal employee. So, um, so you weren't able to work. I mean, once this injury yeah. happened, you're going through all of this, like, you were done. I haven't right? been able to work since that that day of the injury. Yeah, there was and, no time. And so the treatment that you were going through this this um, with the vertigo and everything you were experiencing mm -hmm. was that strictly from this injury, or were there some other things that were going on, other health conditions that might have muddied the water? Well, at the time I didn't realize it, but it wasn't until 2022 I realized that I'd been exposed to a certain amount of tox toxins that might have um, led to this. Yeah, so. Um, Okay, there, so there, there there were some other right. things that you were trying to sort out at that time. Right. Mm. Um, so one of the first things that happened at about a month, month and a half after the um, head injury is I had this little pill roll thing mm -hmm. going with my hand. And um, the doctors at the time, they, they were treating me with um, like seizure medications for migraines because they don't really have like uh, specific uh, uh, drugs for, for treating migraines. They, they use all different sorts of uh you know off, off label stuff sure. to so it wasn't it, so. it wasn't a migraine <clears throat> symptom 
obviously it was in the hand, they were just using a migraine medication. Right. Because and, of the crossover, mm-hmm. the off-label use. Okay. And, and that's what they they explained to me. That's probably what it was. They said, hey, you know, it's probably this Topamax or this uh, Quidexi or one of these meds that we have you on for your headaches that's causing this. I see. So, so they thought it was just a side effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. they thought it was a side effect. And um, they also kind of, um, I guess they they labeled it as like a... Um, uh, essential tremor mm-hmm. um, yeah and uh, so I just went with that and then I got here to Las Vegas and I said hey yep I got this you know talked to my neurologist and, and my primary care and they said yeah that's that's probably what it is probably essential tremor um, so as time went on I realized like um, uh, only 2% of people under the age of 40 out of a million uh, come down with Parkinson's disease, early onset Parkinson's disease. So um, I was like, whoa, you know, that's that doesn't seem right. And, um, you know, at the time, I was just like bl- blathered by this whole ordeal. It was like I, I wasn't getting any better. I was getting worse. And none of the doctors had an answer for me. Mm-hmm. You know, they said, hey, you know, you're just going to write it out. And um, meanwhile, I'm starting to experience all these other, other symptoms. Um, so what was going through your head when they said, just write it out when you're feeling worse? <clears throat> I mean, you were shook, I would imagine. Right, yeah. I mean, what was that experience? Like that moment that they told you that, what was that? Okay, yeah. Um, what did that feel like? There was just like a lot of uncertainty and I was worried about, you know, putting food on the table uh, for my wife and, um, and you know, what I was gonna do to make a living because there was times where I thought, you know, hey, this workman's comp is going to put me back to work. They're going to kick me off. And, um, you know, they've been taking care of me, though. They've, they've been taking care of me for the last four years. And um, They haven't given you any hassle. Like, it, it's been a pretty well, smooth-ish process. Without, yeah. with whatever you're allowed to say, I know it can be a very delicate thing. I don't want you to, you yeah. know, say anything uh, upsetting to yeah. anybody. But, like, it's, you haven't had too many challenges with no um i think for the most part they're there to actually help people out you know and um i think the only um the disconnect parts were from the documentation part on the doctors Mm. um and you know they appointed me this neurologist that i started seeing here and um and he failed to like properly document and like um, upgrade my medical condition there was there was a point where my mtbi became a tbi Mm mm-hmm that's number one. And the yeah. difference between that is, is that uh, MTBI uh, is about 40% uh, chance of developing Parkinson's afterwards. And then a TBI um, is about uh, 80 or 90%. And I would imagine that big yeah. shift would change your compensation and what you would be yeah. getting in terms of care and all right. of that sort of thing. Yeah. So um, a lot of that stuff takes effect after like mm-hmm. I actually get off the rolls of workman's comp. So, um, yeah, um, the money wasn't, wasn't really like ever my issue. I want, I wanted to get better, you know, I was just getting sicker and sicker and I wanted answers and it was about, there was at one point, um, two years into it, I actually seen a second opinion doctor for, um, workman's comp and, um, she told me like, Hey, uh, your, your injury is, is not, is not related to the accent. I said, hey, no. Wow. Trust me, it is. I said, um, you know. She stirred the pot. <laughs> she, stir- she stirred the pot, man. And I was like, who is this lady? You know, uh, um, 
So what was that like? Did you believe her at the beginning or were you like, you are a batshit crazy lady, like go F yourself? Yeah, exactly. I said, (laughs) really? yeah, because the timing of it, um, you know, I started having these tremors within a month, month and a half. And she said, hey, she said to me, she said, hey, there's no um, record of any uh, tremor in your medical documents anywhere before 2019. I said, well, that's just not true, you know. And I I don't think she actually looked at my medical records because it's there several times. And she also said, you know, there, there's no, I was diagnosed with severe depression and anxiety disorder. And um, uh, was that before the accident or after? No, it was after. It was after. Yeah, it's due to the Parkinson's. Yeah. It actually goes hand in hand with the Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and she said, hey, I, I never uh, had it in my documentation, my medical documentation that, hey, you know, um, you're suffering from depression or you, you were on antidepressants or you had anxiety, which just simply wasn't true. I had all that well documented. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I was like happy that I was really like, I kept journals, you know, from day one and stuff. And um, That's I great. kept all my medical records. And so uh, in the end, I think I'm going to be victorious when it comes down to it and stuff. But um, getting to the point where we're, we're kind of like coming into where uh, it kind of changed and uh, turned into the Parkinson's. Uh, Diagnosis. Um, okay, so. Um, so this this just this, recently you switched into a full on Parkinson's diagnosis. Right. Well, okay. So this is this is two years after uh, injury, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the headache started going away. The migraines they they started going away. So the concussion syndrome was about what they said. They said eighteen months. It started going away and getting better. But I started experiencing like all these other symptoms. You know, like um, uh, depression, anxiety. Um, uh, back pain. Um, I was stiff. I couldn't get up out of a chair. I was falling back into my chair. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, I walked into my neurologist. I, I remember my wife, she was telling me like, Hey, we please go to the doctor. Cause I was kind of, I was kind of like, um, uh, a little bit uh, hurt about that, that doctor writing the report that she wrote about me not, you know, not having these symptoms prior to that. Right. So, I guess so, especially if you had the documentation. Right, yeah. So I'm just like, here, look, you know. But um, so I come, come walking into uh, the neurologist, and um, uh, after after my wife was giving me a hard time about it, and she says, hey, uh, wow. He, he says, I think you got early onset Parkinson's. And I said, what? It's the first time I ever heard the word Parkinson's, you know. Like, I didn't know what it was or anything. He was like, I, 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 I was a... Uh, suspicious before but now i'm sure because you have all the cardinal sin uh symptoms of parkinson's disease uh, which are uh the the three pillars are like a rigidity um right hand tremor at rest so that's that pill roll so at at attention it goes away right so like where an essential tremor at intention doesn't go away right so at rest i have this right hand tremor and then the rigidity which is like Hard, it's a hard thing to like um, kind of explain, but it feels like your muscles are like concrete. It's not mm. it's not like sore muscles, but it's just like there's not like any elasticity to it or anything. So wh- what does it feel like to you walking with this rigidity compared to before? Oh, man, it, w- it was next to impossible. Um, so I've, did you feel like you were walking through like jello or water or like can you try to describe what that feels yeah, like? Yeah, I felt just, like? just felt like my leg was concrete. You know, um, like heavy. heavy, heavy, and and um, not not any elect- elasticity or any movement in the muscle whatsoever. So it was doing this shuffle step. 
you know, and that's that's one of the signs. You see these little yeah. little shuffle step and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because in the course of my medical career, I've seen Parkinson's disease here and there, not as much just because that wasn't so much my specialty, mm-hmm. but I've never actually been able to ask somebody what that feels like and what sort of that experience sure. of the shuffle was. I'd seen the shuffle, so it's like a heavy leg and so yeah. you can't, you just can't move. Right, yeah. Wow, um, okay. So, you know, I, I started experiencing falls and stuff, and this was just prior to getting my uh, initial diagnosis for it. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was a rigidity. They have what's called an- ankinesia, mm-hmm. uh, Brady dis, uh, ankinesia and ankinesia, which is the inability to start movement in, in a limb or the uh, inability to uh, continue movement, like fluid movement. Mm-hmm. All right. So my right arm was uh, frozen to the side of my my right side. I couldn't move it. I lost all use of it, and I had this right hand tremor that was just going full time. And I was doing the shuffle step, and I was having a hard time getting out of a chair, and I was falling back a lot. And I experienced a couple falls by that point, and um, I was like, really, just like, man, what is going on with me? Like this head injury is, you know, it's it's getting worse. Like, and then so what? It what, made sense to me though when he. Sure, I guess. Yeah. You know, what, what period of time did it take from when you were sort of like managing in life enough to where you were really like, it is hard to just do my daily activities like i'm sure brushing your teeth yeah having a cup of coffee yeah i mean what was that time frame like how quickly did it progress okay. to that yeah. point? uh well i was i wasn't experiencing this disease how most people experience it because um uh, early onset parkinson's patients most most of the time they have a very slow onset of the disease mm-hmm. like you know you're going to be good for the next 20 years or something and um for me, it was it was like a rapid onset. It was it was just like flipped my life over overnight. Um, from the point I told you where my headaches got better, uh, as soon as my headaches went, man, it was like rapid onset of Parkinson's disease. You know, like in a course of a couple <clears throat> of months. Yeah. 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 So um, from that time, it was probably like a couple months prior to that a second opinion uh, doctor that I was telling you about, mm-hmm. and then it was probably like another two three months before I seen him. From from that time, um, I was already like showing all the cardinal symptoms and stuff. So, um, yeah. Um, what else is there? Postural instability. So you know, just your ability to balance and stuff. So yeah. those balance issues were coming back. You mm-hmm. know, and um, so kind of the way they do uh, the diagnosis. That's um, first of all, it's clinical. It's a that's the first step. Is uh, they take four. Uh, the four cardinal symptoms, if you have all those, um, then they support that with uh, your reaction to carbidopa, levodopa, mm-hmm. which is Parkinson's medication. Um, it is, it's it's like a, I, I, I can't remember if it's an agonist or, or whatever, but basically what it is is, is uh, pills that you take and your body converts it into dopamine. So it's like precursors. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so what they do is they give you, uh, you know, a dosage of that. So I think at the time they started me off at like one pill three times a day, and um, and I responded to that. So that's a good sign. Well, it's a bad sign, but it's a good sign that you know that they're they're on the money with the Parkinson's diagnosis. 
because you're responding to it. You wouldn't. Right. If it was an, if it was an essential tremor or something like that, you, you wouldn't have any response to it or anything. Right. Bad that it confirms the diagnosis. Yeah. So and then there, there's a third step to that, which is um, uh, a DAT scan, which is a nuclear isotope. They give you like uh, some iodine, which, you know, protects your thyroid and stuff. And they put this dye into uh, your, your blood and you come back like an hour and a half later or something and uh, you take an MRI and they can actually see like the flow of dopamine uh, in your brain and um, my scan came back um, abnormal mm-hmm. uh, and and consistent with uh, degenerative form of Parkinson's disease yeah so and at that point were they um uh, able to determine the severity or they just confirmed it and the severity was exclusively based off of how you were presenting right exactly yeah okay. so that that's what it is it's just um there's no way to tell you know um I've, I've read some case studies and stuff like where guys were really hit hard and cracked their head open and stuff and um immediately had uh parkinson's within yeah. like the, the next week or something and then um but There's t- a lot of boxers too. There's yeah, a lot of Muhammad professional Ali. boxers that have developed it from yeah. a repeated head trauma. Yep, they call that being punch drunk. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, so going forward, or at this point where you had this, you know, severity of your Parkinson's and it's aggressive, it's advancing. How quickly did you get to this treatment where you're at today? You've got your okay. d- your remote in your hand, and yeah, we're going to show you what that does for me. Yeah, second. it's pretty amazing, quite revolutionary. Um, yeah. Again, I'm so nerd crazy about technology and the nervous system, particularly brain health and, yeah. like I said, mental health. Um, this is a implanted stimulator, so it's in his brain (laughs) it's right there and it connects into his neck and he's going to tell you all about it um but it basically helps the nerves Mm -hmm. conduct very smoothly and he's going to do an amazing demonstration for us it does not harm you like i i it's so wonderful that you're wanting to demonstrate and show anyone who's listening please switch over to the video of this so you can see this is unbelievable if you're a nerd like me you're going to just like totally nerd out and be amazed at how this treatment can completely change jason's life and other people so okay so um first uh that was the the initial um the the initial uh diagnosis was two and a half years after the injury so um within a couple months of that i realized this guy was not up for the task neurologist i've seen so and I would, I've been told by, um, uh, like, uh, different people um, that uh, you, you need to see a movement specialist, a Parkinson's mm-hmm. specialist, because they're the only ones that are going to know, like, uh, you know, hey, uh, you know, your depression, your anxiety, your constipation. Um, a lot of people, they have trouble living with the secondary symptoms more so than they are with the the cardinal symptoms of, of the disease. So, and share with us some of those that you um, struggle with. Okay, so, well, there's depression. Um, severe. I had severe depression. I started taking an antidepressant. Um, there was uh, uh, anxiety. I had social anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, constipation. Um, I had um, just back pain, uh, leg pain, 
Um, man, it's just there's just so many to list. It really is hard. Um, but yeah, so this is this is me. So this is the device is off. You turned it off. I turned it off. You yeah. guys probably heard the beep a little bit earlier, yeah. about a minute ago. Yeah. So, so this, this mm -hmm. is this is where I would be without this, and um, so. So if I handed you this, yeah. I don't want you to drink your coffee because I don't want you to spill it. Yeah. But sure. Right. Yep, right so that was camera. very difficult, brushing your teeth. Yep. I could absolutely see that. Yep. Okay, so what I want to do, if you would mind, to show yeah. the audience or the, the camera there, you're going to turn it back on and yeah. how quickly the tremor just com immediately, yeah. literally immediately goes so, away. So, um, you know, with Parkinson's, you also have side effects of medication, which they call dyskinesias and, um, and, um, and, What's the other uh, word for it? Uh, dystonias. Dystonias, yeah. Right. So, um, anyway, I was maxed out on the medication. I had, like, they had me full tilt. Um, I was taking over 30 pills a day of this carbidobal lebidoba. Plus, I was taking, um, I was taking uh, medication for uh, the side effects, for the dyskinesia and yeah. for, for the... Um, kind of hard to think too because the tremor kind of affects your thinking sure. and stuff sure. but it's kind of like this and <sighs> boom that's it gone you know pretty amazing i had to drink my coffee wow here i'm gonna cheers to that right there yeah. with my cup of coffee that's unbelievable yeah and that that's not even the um the worst you know that i've been i, I was I was so bad at, at one point, man. I, I couldn't get off the couch. I couldn't walk my dog. I was depressed. Um, and how has this device helped your mental health? We talked a little bit about that in the clinic. It's being used, yeah. I think, somewhat experimentally. I've looked at some mm -hmm. other research for this device specifically. They're looking at treating depression with it. Very severe. Uh, some bipolar as well. Right. So has there been some crossover? Have you? <laughs> did you notice that it improves your mood at all? So um, it's known to actually improve depression, and um, yeah, it did did that for me. I'm, I I stopped taking the um, uh, antidepressant um, a week ago. I, wow. I've only had this on for since March fifteenth, right? Which was my birthday. Wow. You know. Wow! Happy birthday to you! Thanks. What a gift I appreciate that was! That. Yeah, yeah. It was, amazing. Um, it was amazing. Yeah, and um, so with this device, cool. it's not. Curative. It's not going to stop the progression of the Parkinson's. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna get better. And, um, but as long as I have this, uh, I they can. This thing has like a million different settings on it, and I'll, I'll talk about it, how it works and stuff, and um, a little bit. Um, but, like even right here, I'm. I can adjust these uh, settings just a touch. Um, they give they give me little parameters to work within, so mm -hmm. I I can just go up like a a, a little amplitude of one there, and mm -hmm. um, so like say like I'm I'm having a harder day and um, I got a little breakthrough tremor or something, I can up up the uh, amplitude on it, and mm -hmm. um, and then at the end of the day I go back to the clinical settings that were preset for the for the doctor, but as time goes on, um, the disease will progress, so I'm going to need a little little adjustments to it so once a month i see see my uh parkinson's specialist uh dr cayman uh 
Charles Kamen, and um, he, the guy is a genius, by the way. These guys are like, they're more than rocket scientists. They're, you know, these guys are, whoa, man, super smart. Um, the more I learn about the Parkinson's disease, the more I'm just like flabbergasted by the whole whole thing because there's so much going on there, like, to um, identify, like, what certain movement disorders are. There's so many different movement disorders, and they all look alike, you know. So when I'm researching all this stuff, trying to figure out what's going on and stuff, I'm just like, well, man, these guys got to be really, like, educated people, you know. And, like, they, they probably spend, you know, 14, 15 years in, in school going going to school for this stuff, especially the neurosurgeons and stuff. Oh, yeah, it's an intense amount of information and rigor yeah. that they have to go through to be able to master this mm-hmm. and really understand the um, – the processes yeah. and I mean especially with conditions like yours that yeah. are so progressive time is of the essence so yeah it's it really important me, yeah. that someone is dedicated <laughs> it really I think becomes their life yeah so right away um, I switched I switched over to dr. Kamen the Parkinson's uh, specialist the movement specialist and he said hey man you're a perfect candidate for DBS and I said, well what's a DBS and he said uh, it's a deep brain stimulator and um, I said whoa that sounds like rough you know like uh he's like well you know it's there's pretty involved and you know but um i'm gonna put you on this this medication here and um we're gonna start working towards that as a as an ultimate goal for you and i said okay you know that that sounds about right you know whatever's gonna make me better mm-hmm. you know and um so first part of the um process was i had to see a neuropsych which um they do all kinds of like iq and like um, memory tests and stuff like that. They want to make sure that you don't have um, uh, what's what's the word for it? Uh, sometimes I get this uh, mental fog, a little cognitive uh, trouble here. Um, dementia. Dementia. Parkinson's related dementia. So um, I came back from the neuropsych and but they had to make sure you did not have that. Right. So if you had that, would you not? You'd be disqualified. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Does the device end up causing a worsening of, or, um, so or is it just the care that's required? You have to be able to manipulate that, and you have to have your faculties to be able to control the device. Well, I believe that it actually does uh, increase the, um, the dementia quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why they, they don't let you do it. Um, Will there be a point in time that they would worry about that with you? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, well maybe 20 years out something like that you know this has really extended my ability to function okay. for a long time i think without this i think at the rate i was going i would have been in a wheelchair in another couple six months you know seven months i think so it's progressive but will this it sounds like from what you're saying that it will delay the progression well okay so the only thing that really delays progression in parkinson's is exercise so yeah, in a sense it will because now I can exercise a lot more. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm already walking and doing push-ups and sit-ups and stuff where I wasn't able to do that before yeah. when I had the full onset um, Parkinson's disease, yeah. Plus all the medication, you know, was just messing mm-hmm. me up and stuff. Absolutely. Um, the sedentary is really a big deal and it's so simple and it's right. again, you know, I'm any opportunity for me to throw in dance like I do Argentine tango everyone's probably exhausted of hearing me talk about it but there's actually a lot of research of tango specifically because of the complexity and the movement um, 
and the musicality and just the balance and the coordination, the cognition that's required, it actually helps improve Parkinson's syndrome maybe, or Parkinson's disease, perhaps not in someone with early, I'm not sure what the literature says about that, uh-huh. simply because of that movement and it has to, you have to really use so many of your senses and abilities for that. Um, now, any type of exercise is really, really critical. And yeah. because of my fascination with brain health and wanting to do everything that I can, because really, you don't have to have a brain injury to develop Parkinson's. And more and more people are developing Parkinson's disease yeah. at an astonishing rate. Right. And for me, my brain, my nerves, if we don't have that intact or have that in control, it really can change your life and trajectory. Yeah. So now that you have this device and you can exercise more, what is it that you're experiencing now? What does it feel like to exercise compared to what it was before for you? I don't feel like I have Parkinson's disease at all. Like When you're on this, when it's turned yeah. on, you feel... Yeah, I don't even think about it. It's um, I'm like full speed ahead. Um, Great. You know, the first couple of days were, were rough with the exercise just because I was out of shape. I haven't worked out forever, so... You know, I did like 15 minutes on treadmill and my legs were already mush, you know, but, um, are there any limits that you were told by your doctor in terms of your physical? No, not, they didn't tell me. It's just um, like, go, just yeah. do it. Whatever you can handle. Yeah, keep going exactly. With it. For as long as I can, you know, and they're going to keep me up with this too. So, um, yeah, uh, the, the surgery that, that was, uh, that was pretty, uh, pretty interesting experience too. It was like, um. I tell you, uh, I how had, long was it? Yeah, okay. So it was actually a month ago today I had the surgery. Wow. Yeah. So happy anniversary. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, on on my birthday was actually my anniversary. So they actually turned it on about three weeks. So the date was um, February twenty second. Uh, it was when I had my first um, surgery. It's a two part surgery. Okay. So um, the first surgery is a placement of bilateral deep brain stimulators, which are, um, they are an electrode about the size of a, a, a piece of spaghetti. Okay. Okay. So first of all, maybe I could just show you top Let, of my head. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So here we go. I got a scar from here to here. Mm-hmm. It's already pretty much healed up. Yeah. They scalped me. <laughs> so they opened you up. They did. Right down to the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, so then they, they drill two um, dime-sized holes in the top of your skull. And they – first, let, let me start from the beginning. Okay. Um, I don't want you guys to get mixed up here. Um, first, there's uh, – you go in the day before your surgery, and they do an MRI because um, – they're looking for the blood vessels, and they gotta they gotta make sure that they don't hit one of those blood vessels. The second day you go in, they attach this. Um, I think they called it a frame, but it's kind of like a halo or something, mm-hmm. where they, they screw it into your head really tight, and um, then they put you through a CAT scan, and then they overlay that CAT scan onto the MRI, so they can actually see the blood vessels and where they're at, and all that. And they have computer programs that. Uh, predict the trajectory and stuff and like the safest um you know route into this two by two millimeter uh placement of this uh 
electrode um, in, in your thalamus or in your ganglia basilia. I'm, I'm not sure. I think it was the thalamus is where they ended up putting it. There's different wow. parts of the brain where it serves different purposes. So, but the, the, the oddest thing about the whole uh, surgery was that it, I was done um, while I was awake. No, you were not awake. Yeah. So the whole time. Yeah, they put you under uh what's called a twilight uh anesthesia. So yeah. they kind of like uh wake you up here and there, you know. You you kind of go back to sleep and then they have this little little curtain they lift up on on your frame and they say, "Hey, how you doing? How you feeling now? Move move your left hand." And you start doing this and yeah. And they yeah. wait and they they see like, "Okay, uh well, he's uh, getting side effects at this point, so we're not we're not there yet. Yeah. And uh, they they get so accurate and precise with it, you know. And um, they're they're listening to this this computer um, off the side too, because like as as they're putting these electrodes in, they they can like uh, hear like if they're getting close to like blood vessels and stuff. So um, I'm you know I'm no expert or anything, but. Uh, so you were hearing all of this that was yeah you going know on. it's kind of like a dream and then yeah. they wake you up and you're like oh hey you know how are you doing and I'm I mean I did feel the stuff I, I did feel the drilling and I did feel a little feel, pressure feel it like the pain or just you could like when you're at a dentist <clears throat> and you're yeah. numb you feel the the pressure but you don't feel the pain right. is it like that yeah something like that yeah and um wow it, it was bizarre you know but um I guess so I mean yeah. they how did they cut through your your skull so i think they just uh scalpel across and they peel mm -hmm. the, the the forehead forward and then they, they drill the holes and i don't i don't know so they just they so they cut the scalp but they just drill the holes into the the skull right yeah got it mm -hmm. okay and then they do a whole bunch of little fancy like uh you know uh irrigation and stuff like that and um you know, it was actually a pretty safe surgery. I was surprised to find out it was a uh, it was pretty safe. It was like uh, less than one percent of the patients get a bleed, and even less than that um, actually would die from that. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some, you know, there are some risks, and um, it, one of those is uh, infection. Um, you know, these these holes they go they go straight into your brain. So you know, um, but these this uh, surgical team that I had was bar none like. If I had to guess, I don't think you could you could find one better. Um, uh, uh, Doctor Farage, um, James Farage, and uh, the uh, the representative for the uh, Boston Scientific DBS mm -hmm. uh, man, these guys were amazing. They it really helped me out. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. So how long was the surgery beginning to end the first one? Okay, the first one um, was probably about five or six hours. Wow. I think I think it was about five or six hours. I'm not. I don't remember actually, but I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think somebody told me that it was about five or six hours. Okay. That, that was like a, you know, kind of. I was pretty. I was pretty. If I showed you the pictures of my face after I came out of surgery, you would be like, "Whoa, dude! Dude is on some drugs." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, you were high as a kite. I, I was trying to smile, but I was. I wasn't looking too good, you know. But I um, guess you had brain surgery, yeah. basically. So I had this like wicked stitching job going on, and um, they did great. Like your yeah. hair, like you'll be able to grow your hair back, and it be very minimally impeded, like yeah. the scar. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. That's great. So um, I'm already a little bald anyway, so I hide it with a hat, <laughs> you know. But 
Um, you guys and your hair. <laughs> That's like the thing with yeah. guys. They need their hair. I don't yeah, blame for you. Sure, for sure. Girls, we have our things too. Yeah. Absolutely. So then your second surgery, mm -hmm. how long was that and what did they do with that one? Week later. Okay. Week later. Yep. Okay. So first of all, first surgery, not too bad. Uh, I don't think I was on any painkillers, anything serious. Uh, actually, they, they gave me some like light Percocet or something like that. But I, I was really surprised how, how little in pain I really was. You know, um, the second surgery is when they implant the, the battery and the electronics that, um, that this operates. So, so that's under your skin. It's kind of like a little pacemaker, yep. you know, just, just a little, I'm sure it's probably a lot more, uh, you know, technical than that. But, um, so this is here. They put this. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of in the fatty layer. Yeah. It's just below the collarbone. Yeah. Collarbone, okay. yeah. Right here. I don't know if you guys can see it. I just had the staples out yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. a it's, nice little. Yeah incision you got a little bump there that's um, just from that's the you, you know it's there but you and know this battery will last okay so uh 15 years uh approved by the fda in in the united states and uh the uk for the same setup they got 20 years just a little more liberal over there sure you know um so but my guy at uh, boston scientific he says you know you're, you're gonna be good for 15 years so um I was like, whoa, that's, that's crazy. Like the battery technology and stuff yeah. has come so far. And um, there's two, two battery um, meters here on uh, this device. There's one, for, um, there's one for the controller itself, and then there's one for the DBS. You can see this bottom one here is with three bars. Yep. That's the DBS. And then the top one is the remote, right? Sure. I don't know if I'll show you that. Bottom one, DBS, top one, remote. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so this is why I brought this in. I want to show you. Okay, so the DBS battery, uh, you think it would, like, die out fast or whatever. No. You could charge once a week or once a month, you know. It just really depends on what you're going to do. But this is it here. You just push this little button here, and this makes contact. It beeps until it makes contact. Now it's charging. So you're charging the battery. I'm charging the battery right now. Like yeah. we do with our phones. You just sit it on those little plates yep. and it charges the phone. You're charging yep. your battery that's implanted into your skin through that. Yep. How do you charge that guy? Oh, so it's got a little. So it plugs in somewhere. So when it starts oh, yeah. beeping like that, that means it's just, just out of contact. Okay. It'll, it'll double beep when it's ready. So oh, that's it's just a little. Yeah. Okay. A little thing here. and. You know, you got a cord you plug it into. So how often do you have to charge it? Well, um, once a week is what I'm planning on doing it. Okay. Um, and how long do you have to charge it for? Uh, I think it'll probably be done before we're, we're done here. Oh, so, wow. So yeah. like 20 minutes, once it, a week. Maybe like 10, 15 minutes or something wow, like that. that's amazing. First couple you're like, times you're like Iron Man. I'm like the bionic man. You yeah. are the bionic, yeah, bionic yeah. Iron Man for sure. You've got this like little device that keeps you yeah. going. I love it. <laughs> yeah, with the push of a button, I got my life back. I went from, you know, just a horrible state, a horrible mental state, um, physical state. Um, my spirit was crushed, you know, and um, I don't know. It was getting worse and worse. Uh, I don't think this could have happened any sooner for me. Um, the surgeons and, and uh, 
my Parkinson's specialist, they said, man, you had like this rapid onset of Parkinson's that we've never seen before, you know, so. Um, and that's good in a, it's, it could be a good thing too, because you might respond to different things that the literature may not know, right? right it could go right. the other way, but there's opportunity for something different to come out of your situation. Do yeah. you see it that way? Mm -hmm, absolutely, yeah, so. I mean, for you to be at this point, mm -hmm. you've had to have a certain amount of strength and determination mm -hmm. to get through all of this, to yeah. keep pushing, to not give up, to keep wanting more for yourself. Yeah. Am I wrong? No. So what's next for you in light of all of this? Like, what do you, I mean, this is, I know this is all so soon. This has just been rapid, but right. you've got your life back. What does Jason want? What's possible for you? I'm going to go back to playing pool. Yeah. I was a, I was a pretty good pool player and, um, you know, and I went first time yesterday since the, I've had the device turned back on and it's not too bad. I, I'm, I'm not too far off the mark. Um, but one of the things I got to do is, uh, I'm kind of like scrambling around, tying up all these loose ends. That was part of the reason I was at the, um, at the uh, my primary care doctor where I met you yesterday or the other day, right? And um, so one of the other things I have is a vision appointment this week because it does give you double vision because Parkinson's um, basically affects all the muscles in all, in your whole body. So from stomach digestion um, to um, to vision. You know, because, you know, your vision, uh, you have a dominant eye and then you have one eye that kind of works in. Sure. Right? So that there's a muscle in the back of the eye that kind of gets a little bit lazy and Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of gives you like this double vision. Mm -hmm. So that that's something that I, I need to get. I need to get some glasses. But, yeah, I want to I be a pool player. Um, uh, I spent a lot of time uh, in my life uh, teaching myself how to play and be a good, good pool player. And... Um, yeah, so that's what I'm most looking forward to, but um, I it, it almost feels like a second chance, like a, a second chance at being smarter about my health. You know what I mean? Like making better food decisions and. So what would you do differently? What would I do differently? Like um, differently from. In terms of your health. Okay, so um, yeah, I'm gonna eat a lot more vegetables and fruit, uh, obviously. Um, I learned a lot of stuff on the way uh, about uh, supplements and stuff like that. And so um, one of the things I take is a uh, lion's mane. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if I would have started taking the lion's mane years ago, I might have avoided this whole thing. You know, I, I believe that. I truly believe that. Oxidative stress, you know, reduced oxidative stress and inflammation. Inflammation is huge. Right. It is huge in every part of our physical body yeah and i mean there are many ways that we create that type of stress in our life just because we're living the american lifestyle right go 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 keeping up with the joneses living an inauthentic life that isn't truly resonating with right. us Gre and what we really cheeseburgers, want yeah you know yeah. sugar that all causes inflammation um yeah so i just want to make better uh eating and um i'm just going to be a little more mindful uh, or a lot more mindful about what I put in my body and stuff. And um, I, don't, I don't think I was so unhealthy prior to this. Um, there was actually um, a toxin that I was working with um, when I was uh, in the DOD working for the Merchant Marines. 
that um, has recently been been identified for, for being highly likely to cause Parkinson's disease and cancer. So, um, yeah. So that's an added yeah. piece on your plate and mm -hmm. your journey of unraveling the origin, the cause. Well, yeah. It, ma it makes more sense to me because um, the, the tremor started within a month after the injury. So I think that the head injury was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, but I think I was already losing um, quite a bit of these dopamine cells. I remember if you remember me saying earlier, you have to lose 80% yeah. of your dopamine cells before you start showing outward signs of Parkinson's. So I, I, it's, it's my number one suspect. What it did is it did make sense because now, um, oh, I think, it, hold on, give me a second. I think um, Iron Man is officially charged. Everybody, <laughs> that, he's good for another week. That explained why the the rapid onset happened. You know, it was it was the only that was the only thing that made sense to me. Like it was like okay, um, you know, um, that that's got to be why. You know, like this uh, this known toxin and uh, long term exposure for over ten years, and then I got hit in the head um, with. Um, the skid box, you know, it was 1,350 pounds, mm -hmm. and the timing of the symptoms. So it was the straw that broke the camel's back because the injury did lead to the ultimate um, Parkinson's. Yeah, the know, manifestation, manifestation of, the of the Parkinson's mm -hmm. disease and stuff. But um, it, it explains why it happened when it did. Sure. You know, before, like, I didn't have an answer for that. You know, it was like, I was like, um, okay, well, I started having these symptoms right away, and well, they weren't they weren't in relationship, a uh, timely relationship to the uh, the head injury. So, like, you know, maybe like another five six years or something after a, a TBI, you might start get to this point, you know. And uh, there was another thing I want to add about that, like, so um, where I was with my Parkinson's. Typically, most people experience Parkinson's about let's say like average of like four years per stage. And so I, I think I was probably like stage 3.5, which they considered like advanced stages of Parkinson's disease. And I did that in about, well, really in about two years, but uh, first symptoms started about four, four years ago from today. So um, I, I was at experiencing Parkinson's uh, at an advanced stage at year four that I shouldn't have been experiencing until, you know, 12 years, 13, 14 years from, from now, you know, so. That's, that's very, very rapid. <clears throat> yeah, so it makes, it makes sense to me that's what this was all about. Sure, so. and so you have a team that's helping yeah. you kind of, you know, sift through that yeah. whole the shenanigans yeah. and all that sort of stuff. We'll leave that for them. That's for another. Yeah. <laughs> that's for another team to deal with or another podcast to get into. But uh, yes. how was this whole experience for your wife? Oh, it was horrible. And your family, I'm sure it was yeah. very okay. challenging. How yeah. did that affect you all? Well, good question because um, I did want to talk about this a little bit. Um, it takes a support team to get through this. This I couldn't have done this without my wife's help or my my uh, close friend Max Eberly, um, his help. Uh, he actually flew from Poland uh, from a professional pool tournament and and came here across country from Ohio in his van to be here for my surgery. And um, just want to give him a shout out and say thank you very much. Uh, yeah, you saved Max. my life, brother. 
and I appreciate that. And uh, he, my, I don't know if I told you this about my wife, but my wife has uh, epilepsy. I so, did not know that. So uh, he actually was our only dri- driving transportation for this whole last month. So it's been great, you know. Um, he's helped her uh, get to where she needs to be. She, he helped her, uh, and me and her, go back and forth from the hospitals, from surgeries and stuff. So, you know, they were carrying my, my dead body around, you know, uh, pretty much. I was just, like, out of it for, like, a couple wow. weeks there. but so Having a support team is incredibly yeah. important for yeah. any type of major life circumstance, yeah. change, trauma, whether it's physical, mental, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual, or what have you. Mm-hmm. So you're very fortunate that you had him. And he was here today. I met him. Wonderful, yeah. mm-hmm. wonderful guy. Yeah. And you also have Buddy. Tell us yeah. about oh, Buddy. Buddy is my support dog. Okay, so he, I'm in love with Buddy. Honestly, he's so yeah. cute. He just came up to me, and I, he has a very difficult job, Buddy, because he yeah. is so cute. I'm sure everybody wants to touch him yeah. when they, you know, cross his path. Yeah. Um, you know, for him to stay focused on mm-hmm. being there for you. Yeah. Well, maybe- how has he been? important and pivotal in you managing through all of this oh man he's he's the biggest the biggest uh part of it man like uh he got me through the days where i wasn't i wasn't uh i wasn't liking what i was seeing in my life before the parkinson's diagnosis even i was just uh struggling and you know he's he's my fur baby you know and uh it's the best depression antidepressant out there just have that dog that he doesn't judge you. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't say, hey, you know, my, he could tell, you know, there's something off with me, you know, um, but he was just always there, never judging me, just giving me that love. Maybe we can bring him in and, and I'll introduce him to everybody. I would love that if we could. Uh, so, we'll um, see if Max is, yeah. can bring him in. Pay attention, yeah. But so. how does Buddy communicate with you? Like, what is that interaction that made you get through those really, really difficult days? Hey, Buddy. Hey, Angel. Hi, oh, what a sweetheart. Hi. Hi. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just dogs are really like body language animals. You can see like his tail wagging, so he's really excited right now. Um, hey, Bud, I'm going to show him your trick. Be cool, man. That's the only trick he knows. <laughs> Be cool. Yeah be cool but yeah he's just he's up well he climbs up in bed with me every night and snuggles with me mm. and um you know he just gives you that look in his eyes you know uh and he just always wants to be with you he, he he wants to follow me everywhere he's my shadow yeah you know and there's times where it got it got a little frustrating you know i was like hey man you know can, you, can i get a break get a little space mm-hmm. but i never took it out on him he was just like amazing and um yeah he's great uh He's actually, I'm actually a second owner. Okay. And um, I, I rescued him. Wow, yeah, okay. Because they, they, they couldn't find a home for him, and they, they were going to put him to sleep. So, um, but he's just amazing. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's 11 years old. And, uh, yeah, he's actually an uh, official service dog. I, I went to my, um, my psychi- psychiatrist, and um, I was di- diagnosed with uh, severe depression, uh, disorder. That's why uh, I t- spoke of earlier, and um, I found out for him because we live in Las Vegas and it's really hot outside and stuff. Um, I can't leave him outside when I when I leave the house. So mm-hmm. it was more for him than it was for me. But um, I I I do take him everywhere I go now, and um, 
you know, so he, he is official. Uh, you know, he's got, I have a prescription for him. That's great. So, yeah. It's uh, a beautiful story of yeah. like who saved who, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This guy right here, man. Right? I, I we treat need, him like a king. So, you know. Yeah, we need them for our emotional support and our sanity and to yeah. keep us getting up and moving forward and accomplishing our dreams and what our purpose is. Yeah. Even if it's just to live peacefully and authentically. And here you are having saved Buddy as well and gave him his second chance in life, too. Yeah, you both who, who sort of have who? a second chance here. It's beautiful. Uh, well, I know the answer to that, but, um, you know, he's uh, he's definitely my, my superhero. Yeah. You know, he saved me for sure. That's yeah. just such a beautiful, yeah. beautiful little relationship you two have. And another thing, too, is um, I... I actually had um, I had Max here would come and walk my dog every day that I couldn't do it, so that that was amazing too, because uh, you know these guys need to be out and moving a few times a day. They get they get anxious. He has a anxiety separation anxiety, oh. so if you leave him at the house too long, you know he, he'll he'll make a mess of things and stuff. Mm. So uh, I don't know what he's doing now, but I guess he's being cool. Huh. Oh, he's just nuzzling into you. That's yeah, adorable. What kind of breed is he? He's Pitbull. He is a Pitbull. Yeah. He looks like a pure yeah. Pitbull, too. He's yeah, so he sweet. Yeah, he's just he's just, uh, just old. Yeah. You know, and so we have a just a few stuff. minutes left. Mm -hmm. I did want to touch a little bit in terms of the relationship. So you and your wife, I, I do talk about relationships, relationships with yeah. ourselves and the importance of having other people in our life and just the challenges that we have and how we come together and support each other especially in sort of romantic dynamics mm -hmm. like this was a very big stress on your marriage i would imagine yeah. so how did you to cope and get through it man that was that was tough because um like there towards the end like i said the surgery couldn't come any sooner i was i was having um breakdown a little bit of a psychological breakdown i don't know if it was a combination of um stress like so I did read up about this, and uh, stress actually blocks, uh, releases a hormone that blocks the uptake of the medicine. So there's times where the medic medicine wasn't working. And Which medicine was it? The carbidopa, the carbidopa. Carbidopa, yep. And, and then there's times where the medication was kind of overdosing me. And um, what happens is, is that comes from constipation. So the medicine, like for like a whole day's dose, might stay in the top of your stomach, but it doesn't absorb until it gets like into the larger intestine. So it might be a full day's medication might be in the top of your stomach to sit standing by and then your stomach starts to move and then boom, it all starts uptaking. And then, um, you know, so, and then I was like, I was maxed out on this stuff. I, I was, um, on over 30 pills. I was calling the doctor like, Hey man, I'm, I'm freaking out here. What, what can I do? And he's like, well, back off on this med and come and get this med and, and just try to be patient. But it was just this combination of stress and anxiety and stuff that was uh, affecting me and then um you know i, I did I, I had like a little bit of a nervous breakdown there at the end and um it freaked my wife out yeah um i, I felt really bad for it like I, I woke up the next day and i i, I remembered it like it was you know it, it just happened and um i was like well, i'm i'm sorry baby i didn't realize you know yeah i was i was doing all that stuff freaking out on you but it just seemed like a first time in my life, you know, that I ever had lost it like that. But it was scary. It was scary for me, you know. And um, like I said, it couldn't have came any sooner. It was like, yeah. ooh, miracle, you know. Right. 
there's so many there were so many like moving parts and like stuff I had to go right it, it couldn't have been anything more than like divine intervention on my part you know what I mean so I was just praying a lot my wife was praying a lot um, we had all our family and friends praying for us and stuff and um, you know it was just a it was an overwhelming experience for her and I owe her you know I, I you know I, I told her she met she met me at my basically my, my lowest point in my life and um, you know I was down and um, I told her I said you know what I'm, I'm never gonna forget forget that and uh, down the road we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do something special you know for each other and stuff so you know I just want to say thank you uh, precious fame I love you you know uh, you're my rock. That's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah so. And shout out to you. Absolutely. To stand by someone that you love during the most difficult times. That yeah. says a lot. And it's so important. And I love that commitment that you guys have to each mm -hmm. other. It's it's hard, especially this day and age. Yeah. To find someone that really yeah. will have your back. You Absolutely. have a very, very beautiful yeah. family and support of friends. Yeah. So many blessings that you have in your life. And like you said at the very beginning, you believe that everything mm -hmm. happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And you talked about divine timing and how yeah. everything just happened right as it was supposed to. Yeah, and like you said, like a click of the button, you have your life back. Yeah. And really, it sounds like your life is opening up to really... Yeah bring you into a life that you get to create the way you want to this time. Yep. It's a restart. I hit the yeah. restart button and stuff. So that's I'm, amazing. I'm just looking forward to what, what the next chapter of my life's going to offer and stuff. And I'm not going to let this little Parkinson's disease get in my way, you know? So. Amen. I think I'm going to go to the pool hall after this. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> Max is going to join you. Yeah. Maybe buddy too. Well, that is so amazing. Thank you again. I'm so yeah. honored to have you on my show. I appreciate mm -hmm. you sharing all of your, you know, scars and your device and, and turning it off for us to see what mm -hmm. you're, you know, you've been struggling with just a little tidbit of that. Yeah. Um, I just honor you and your journey and we'll have to have you back and right. see where you end up being and what you create for yourself in this sure. sort of next level version of Jason. Oh, Mary. yeah. Watch out. Here I come. Oh, I love it. That's a perfect sign off. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time.